What's going on, guys? Welcome back to episode 113. Back to the podcast. If you guys are listening on Apple, whatever, all those things, subscribe, do all that. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, share with a friend, all of those things. Over the next couple of weeks, outside of the ones that we, we do with a couple of guests, um, I have a couple of great guests that you guys are going to love when they come in, share some information. Actually, probably going to be recording that as soon as I hang up on this one. Um, but you guys are going to love those episodes that we have coming. But for the next couple of episodes, I want to do um, a little series, maybe two or three episodes, just simply talking about the harsh truth regarding dating. So mentioning some of the negative aspects and how I guess we should combat that or how we should have a proper perspective concerning those things. So for those listening and you're new, I pray that you enjoy it, that it edifies in some way, shape or form. And today I want to start it off talking about this. You will never be good enough for the wrong person. And I think that it's so important that we address that um, just address, address that situation because there are so many people that believe, oh, only if I just do this, or only if I just do that, or only if I look a certain way, or we find all of the things that were wrong with us, you know what I mean? And we make all the excuses in a book for why we've been dumped. We make all the excuses and we talk about the things are, well, they didn't want to be with me because of this. And, and we say all these things and I'm not saying every relationship that you get in has to work. But I want you to understand that no matter how amazing you are, it's not going to work with the right person. Um, like I heard a person say something. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll just briefly touch on this because this will be another one of the topics. But um, I heard someone say something along the lines of you can't keep a man. The only thing that can keep a man is a man that wants to be kept. And I think a lot of people need to understand that. But I'm not going to dive into that one because that's another one. Of the, that's a part of one of the uh, future episodes that's coming along in this series. But the reason I say that is because there are a lot of people, especially women, um, they get more insecure in that arena because every time they try to please a man, that man walks away from them or he doesn't do anything. And people made it you know, a big deal when you know, there was a scandal with Beyonce and her husband. And they're like, well, if Jay-Z ain't going to keep it together and I don't even look like Beyonce, then there is no hope for me. And it's like, ladies, no, no, no. Let's not use the bad examples that happen in anyone else's life to try to make that God's will for our life or make that God's plan for our life. But I do want you to understand when we're with someone that probably God didn't ordain for us, chances are we may be fighting an uphill battle because you're in a relationship with someone God didn't desire for you to be with. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, mention just a couple of relationships in the scriptures that talk about someone who was with someone and how they either loved things about them or disliked things about them no matter what happened. And I want to start it off focusing on Jacob and Leah. Um, many of you guys, if you even if you've never read through the whole Bible, you've read, probably read Genesis. <laughs> so you, I'm sure you, you know a little bit about this story. But I'm going to read a few verses out of Genesis. I'll read Genesis 29, 16 through 18 in the NLT. It says, Now Laban had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah, and the younger was Rachel. There was no sparkle in Leah's eyes, but Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I will work for you for seven years. If you will give me, Rachel, your younger daughter as my wife. So this man sees this girl, man. She's the baddest thing on the block. He sees the older sister. She's not attractive enough for me. That's not the woman I'm going to pursue. So I'm going to go ahead and pursue after the one that, you know, is catching my attention, a beautiful one. That's what Jacob is like. Hey, that's the one I want. And the dad pulls a fast one on him. I, I'm sorry if I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, belittle anyone's intelligence. But some people probably don't know the story. So just talking a little bit about it. But he sees that. 
you know, hey, you want to marry my younger daughter? But the custom here is the older daughter needs to get married first. So when Jacob thinks he's about to wake up in the middle of the night and sees, wake up in the morning and see that he's with his beautiful wife, Rachel, he wakes up and realizes that dad pulled a fast one and he married the other woman. Um, and he's like, hey, I put in all these years for this woman. You lied to me. I want my wife. And then he's like, well, I can't do that. You know, he's like, I'll, I'll be willing to work another seven years. Ladies, a man will always put in the work for you. Let's just be clear. I'm going to say that every chance I get. If that brother ain't putting in no effort, not that interest, but interested because effort is always a reflection of interest. Um, but anywho, after this, we see that he marries that woman and he gets Leah first. And despite getting Leah first, he is still not interested in her. Yeah, great. We had sex, but that's not the woman that I desired. I desired Rachel. That's the mindset Jacob has, right? In verse, in, still in chapter 29, um, verse 31, it says it like this. When the Lord saw, so it wasn't even people. God is the one noticing this issue in their relationship. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he enabled her to have children, but Rachel could not conceive. Now, so she's in a relationship with a man that didn't want to be with her, a man that does not value or love her. Um, and God is like, you know, I'm going to bless this woman with children. You know what I mean? She's not going to be in a relationship feeling unloved. I'm going to give her a blessing in the middle of her, her, you know, her rough situation. So she's in that situation. And he blesses her with the relationship. And despite God blessing her with that relationship, her husband still does not value her. He still values the woman who can't have birth. You know, so I want us to pay attention to those things because, in my opinion, Jacob would do anything for Rachel because that's where his heart was. He would do anything for that woman. I'm willing to work. I'm willing to do whatever. I'm willing to allow your father to lie to me because that's the woman I want. When it was Leah, listen, man, I, I don't care for this woman. You know, and that shows me that the right person won't hold certain things against you. When it's the relationship that God has for you, they'll be willing to overlook certain things. He was willing to overlook certain things when it came to the woman he wanted. You know, so Rachel couldn't have kids. Leah could. It doesn't show us him at any point being frustrated. It doesn't mention that God noticed his frustration. So he allowed Rachel to have kids. No, that's not what that's not what scripture showed us. The scripture showed us that the other woman was able to have kids, but he still didn't love her. You know, so when you're with the right person, that shows that they can overlook certain things inside of your life. Jacob was able to still love this woman. And that's why we need to understand that sex will never keep a man. Sex will never keep a woman. A lot of people, they compromise spiritually in their relationship. They know the Bible says to run away from fornication and all kind of these lustful activities. But what we do is we want to keep that person because we don't want to feel alone. We want to keep that person so they don't go away and so we may never fall in love again. We make excuses and eventually what happens is we get into a relationship, we start compromising, we have sex, and we expect love in return. But in reality, none of that is reciprocated. Why? Because it was never God's intention for you to feel as though you had to have sex in order to keep them. It was never God's intention for you to feel as though you had to, that this is what it takes for a man or a woman to love you. And that's what we need to understand as people of God, that you don't have to compromise spiritually for the person that God has for you. You don't have to compromise because sex is not going to keep them. If they're not interested, they will leave. If all they care for is sex, they will get the sex and they will leave. They will go find someone else to love because their heart is not in it for you. Their heart is in it for what they can get. You know, so that's what I want to show us there. Um, you know, but Jacob was willing to do anything, you know, for, for his girl, not for Leah. You know, and that shows the right person is not holding things against you. Even the Bible shows us in 1 Corinthians 13 and 5 that love keeps no record of wrongs. 
So if we, if the scriptures were to show, because honestly, when we read the scripture, a lot of times we're not visualizing what we're reading. We're just reading verse to verse. But many times if we picture ourselves in a scenario, if Rachel were to say, you know, babe, I think you're ugly, Jacob would have been like, oh, she's the sweetest thing in the world. If Leah said it, it would probably have been an argument. You know what I mean? It's like he can overlook anytime there's something wrong. Why? Because he loved her. True love is when we can overlook someone's wrongs. True love is when someone can make a mistake and we can be willing to forgive them, show grace. That's what love is, and that's not what he had for Leah at the time. So God continues to open um, her womb and allow her to get pregnant, you know, and she gets the impression that, oh, well, he's going to love me because I'm pregnant, you know. He doesn't love her. God allows her to get pregnant again. He still doesn't love her. God is keep, God allows her to keep bearing children, and he doesn't love her until the point where she gets the, the child named Judah. Yeah, the child named Judah, which means praise. It's also translated as praise, and it shows that she must have got to the point in her mind spiritually that I'm not going to allow my husband to define my worth, but I'm going to praise God just because of all the blessings he's given me. And that's one of the symbolisms of, you know, child being named Judah. I'm not in Leah's head, but I'm just showing that's one of the symbolisms in scripture that show us that no matter how people view us or think of us or value us, we can still have joy outside of what people think. We can still have joy outside of how relationships treat us. But all of that to say, Leah was able to keep providing blessings, keep providing spouse privileges that I keep trying to tell people, save that for marriage. She was able to provide all these things and still not be loved. Rachel was not able to provide that. So when I tell you guys you'll never be good enough for the wrong person, it doesn't matter how often you guys have sex. It doesn't matter how good you are at it. It doesn't matter how, how much of a woman or a man of God you are that pray and you value them, you respect them, you cherish them, you compliment them. If they aren't interested or they aren't the person God has for you, chances are all of those things will be overlooked. All those things will be in vain because they don't care for you specifically. They just care for what they can get from you. And that's why we have to pay attention to who God has for us rather than who's simply in front of us. Pay attention to what is God ordained, a door that God is opening and a door that you just decide to walk through because of emotions. Uh, but I'm not saying that when someone actually loves you, you know, if you guys had maybe some toxic patterns or dysfunctional habits that they're willing to overlook it. But there are some things that people are willing to overlook when they actually desire you. You know, if you are the person for them, they're willing to overlook certain things or willing to grow with you, you know. So I don't want us to feel as though we can be men and women out here chasing the approval of someone rather than trying to have God's approval. As long as I have God's approval, I don't need a man or a woman to justify me. And we don't need relationships to justify us. So if they don't value you, trust me, that's perfectly fine. The only thing that you need to understand is that God sees your worth. So I don't have to feel insecure because God knows God, God is already established to me and proven to me that I have value. So I don't need someone else to, to, to prove that to me. You know what I'm saying? You know, so I want us to understand another thing is that your shortcomings won't be held up. You know, so like the things like the character issues. Yeah, you need to address those spiritual. If you're if you're not spiritual mature, obviously the person God has for you wants you to address that. If you don't know how to handle money every time you get paid, you have to buy everything new just to show off on social media. Obviously, you have to address that. But when it comes to other things, like if the person was for you and you're not the weight they'd like, they'd overlook that. And I'm not saying they wouldn't prefer, you know, a better physique, but they wouldn't make you feel ugly or make you feel like you have to compete with the people on social media or pornography and all that type of nonsense. You know, it's not like if you have infertility issues, a lot of people would struggle with that for sure. Um, definitely comment below if you're if this is on YouTube. Um, your thoughts on would you date someone if you knew there would be infertility issues if you know he couldn't 
help you reproduce or if you couldn't reproduce, would you adopt? That's something I'm very curious on you guys' opinion regarding this. So I would love for you guys to talk about it because um, I know some people that will probably be willing to be guests on this to talk about either their struggle or marrying someone with that struggle, you know, stuff along those lines. But anywho, but that's something that you have to understand that when because of his love for her, it didn't bother Jacob that Rachel wasn't getting pregnant. You know, it, it wasn't a blessing to him when the other woman was because that wasn't his heart. So you need to understand that the person God has for you will not hold these things against you. When we look at another woman in scripture who couldn't have children, that woman was by the name of Hannah, and she was being mocked and ridiculed. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, when you get it, I don't want to read too many verses um, in this, but 1 Samuel 1, um, you can read up to verse 8 and you'll get the gist of what I'm saying right now. But because of her inability to reproduce children, she was being mocked by Elkanah's other, you know, women, you know, and Penina, and they'd make fun of her, and they'd make it seem like, ah, oh, well, we can have kids, and you can't. So when her husband would give gifts, you know, to the women and to the children, she'd only get one because she had no children. And he literally tells her, let me see if I can, I think it's around verse 7, I'm going to just jump in the middle. It says, each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? For future reference, if you're a guy, never say that to a woman that wants kids. <laughs> but but my point in that is that Elkanah loved her so much that he was thinking to himself, but we have one another. Don't feel as though you're short of anything because I still love you. Don't worry about what anyone else is thinking or what anyone else is saying because that child that we may have is not going to make me love you more or less. And that's what I want to drive home with this point because we need to understand that if they're God's will for you, they're not going to hold that against you. They're not going to make you feel inferior. They're not going to make you feel like, oh, I'm going to go love someone else. I'm going to go cheat on someone. No, I'm going to go cheat on you and go find someone. Like, that's not how things work. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. And the second thing, want to drive home regarding this you'll not be good enough for the right person is the fact that you should never allow rejection to redefine you never allow what the word of god what the word of god says to be secondary to what what guys on the road are saying what ladies on the road are saying no one is interested in you so you feel as though i have no worth and it's easy for us to feel as though well well i mean if i was beautiful then that means guys would be chasing me well if I was handsome, that means girls would be interested. Or maybe they're just not who God has for you. And maybe that's why God is not allowing them to be interested. You know, it's, it's a problem when we feel as though we need 100 people to like us in order to know um, our worth. We don't need everyone to like us. You just need who God wants you to be with to like you. We don't need everyone's attention. You know, that's the problem with social media, the, the instant gratification of the likes and the, the dopamine hit and our worth is being found online and things like that. You know, but when we read scripture a lot of women especially are like you know they're looking for their boaz and men they want to be a boaz for a godly woman and but i think we need to we need to look at that that story again read ruth chapter three and four for context over um because i think a lot of people don't realize that 
Boaz wasn't supposed to be the man to marry her. Other than the fact that she's a widow, it was not Boaz next up in line to marry this woman. Um, Ruth chapter 3, I'll read verses 9 through 13. It says, So he asked, Who are you? I am Ruth, your servant, she replied. Take me under your wing, for you are a family redeemer. Then he said, May the Lord bless you, my daughter. You have shown more kindness now than, than before, because you have not pursued younger men, whether rich or poor. Now don't be afraid, my daughter. I will do for you. I will do for you whatever you say, since all the people in my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Yes, it is true that I am a family redeemer, but there is a redeemer closer than I am. Stay here tonight, and in the morning, if he wants to redeem you, that's good. Let him redeem you. But if he doesn't want to redeem you, as the Lord lives, I will now lie down until the morning. You know, so we see in this scenario, Boaz is a man of, of integrity. You know, he doesn't try to steal from the man what should have been the man's. You know, and Boaz goes to the man the next day, you know, in regards to, you know, redeeming the land, you know, that Naomi has from their relative Elimelech. And he's like, he's telling the guy, hey, do you want to redeem this land? The guy's like, yeah, I'll take the land from, you know, from her. Um, not a problem. And that's when Boaz lets him know, like, hey, if you redeem that land, you also have to go give children to Ruth, who's from our family uh, member. You have to, you know, provide seed for the man's lineage, basically, to go on. And he's like, nah, I'll pass. I'm not interested in that, you know. So because he decided, I'll take the land, but not the woman, um, he, he's basically rejecting her because he said, I will take this land, but he did not want to take her. So he was willing to say, you can keep the land, you can keep the woman, I don't want it. So Ruth was basically rejected by a guy who just felt like that, nah, I don't want, I don't want that. I want something else. This is not the future I want for my life. And a lot of people, when they get rejected, they immediately view that as though I'll never be loved again. I'll never get what God has for me. And if you only understood that Boaz comes after rejection, Boaz came after heartache with the with the the death in in the marriage. Um, Boaz came after the pain. Boaz came after the the nah. I'm not interested in her. Boaz came after that. And a lot of times we stop at our rejection and we we allow we allow that to define us. But God is like, I have better plans for you. Don't give up. Don't feel as though um, what what happened to you here is going to define who you are, define anything, you know? So we have to understand that that's not how God operates, you know? So this is something a blessing came because of that. So we have to understand that in every type of rejection from this world or any type of rejection from the person you're interested in, whether in church or not, whatever you guys, you know, I don't know who you guys are pursuing after, but even if they reject you, understand that that's only stopping you from getting something that you wanted but it aligns you with what God may want to give you. So we have to understand it's perfectly fine if we're rejected because when we get pushed away and rejected from the person that we desire, we're aligning ourselves with the will of God. We're like, well, God, well, I tried my way, but now let me see your will. I'm, now he's showing us sometimes, sometimes God will humble us. Like he won't let you get what you, what you desire because he's making you see what I have for you is better. He's making you see what I have for you is more fulfilling. So that's why we need to be careful that we don't allow rejection to stop us, you know, because many of you guys listening to this podcast, you'll feel as though, listen, man, I'm frustrated. The love wasn't reciprocated. They broke up with me. They rejected me. I told her, you know, I'm interested. Can I have your number? And she said, bro, get lost. You look ugly. You dusty. Like, I don't know. You know, some people are mean, obviously, but that does not mean you'll never experience what God has for you just because someone rejected you. Understand that rejection is always a blessing from God.
and Jesus came from the lineage of Boaz. She managed to get in the lineage of, of God, God's lineage, you know what I'm saying, because of rejection. So never feel as though, you know, this side of rejection has to define you. But look out for what God has on the next side. Look out for what God is actually planning. You know, so Ruth wasn't desired by that man. But at the end of the day, it didn't it didn't cause her to lose worth in Boaz's eyes. Boaz realized he the scripture said, you know, everyone knows that you're a woman of noble character. She's clearly a beautiful woman. He's an older guy. So he's probably looking like, man, this fine young lady want to be with my old self. I don't know how old he was, but they said it's projected that he could have been this upward of maybe 40s and she could have been maybe under 20. Anywho, I'm not sure about how, how factual that is. Y'all could do y'all research. Anywho, if she's allowed to find love, why aren't you feeling like you can find God's will after rejection? That's just my question to you guys. So there's a couple of things that I need us to embrace um, along your journey with dating. There's a couple of things that I need you to grasp. Number one, it's okay to walk away when you realize you aren't being valued or appreciated. You know, and I met too many people that stay in relationships that they know they shouldn't be in. God isn't in it. Their heart isn't in it, but they stay in it because they feel as though I can change him or they feel as though, uh, you know what I mean? Things don't really seem to be working out, but man, I just want to stay connected. Please understand that you cannot make yourself better for someone who doesn't want to be with you. No matter how amazing you are, if they're don't, if they're not interested in being with you, that's just that's just the way it is, you know. Um, unfortunately, you know that definitely can cause a sore spot for some. So I understand that it can be painful, but you can't force someone to, to value you or to see your worth or to love you. Jesus has already proven how how valuable all of you are. Psalm one thirty nine fourteen. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. So in God's eyes, you are valuable. You are you are worth something. And number two, someone disliking you is not your problem. I'm not saying you go around being a jerk. Uh, obviously, if you have some issues you need to address, you need to address it. There are too many immature people out there that pretend, ah, oh, well, you got an issue with me. Take it up with Jesus. Like, come on, bro, grow up. You know, we shouldn't behave like that. But we need to understand that it is very important that we don't take that we don't take what people think of us, their criticism of us, to heart. Because we want what God wants for us. Um, a pastor that I always heard growing up, Pastor um, Robert Stewart, he always said, God's will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. And a lot of times we think that we can be good enough, or we're not good enough, or we start questioning our worth based on everyone else. But if we ever start getting in our mind, I want God's will. Nothing more than God's will. What God wants for me. I want nothing more than that. I want nothing less than that. And I want nothing else. So that should be our main focus. Whether it's relationships, our career, what we do in ministry, how we treat people, how we treat our family. Anything you do in life, always seek to find God's will. So if you're on YouTube and you're watching this, I definitely want you to comment below your thoughts. Um, let me know what do you think about have you ever been in a situation you know, where you're, you're trying to be good enough for someone who maybe wasn't God's will for you or have you ever felt like you are in those shoes or you put someone else in those shoes if we're mature enough and willing to be honest then feel free let me know um, comment below if you guys are yeah if you have a supportive channel already you can you don't have to donate but we we will be restocking I spoke with the team definitely look out to support the channel via merch appreciate you guys love you guys see you next Thursday we have an amazing guest next week you're gonna enjoy it peace